It's time for us to go ahead and get started tonight, if we can, please. Good to see the excitement here tonight. We're so glad you're here, and uh, that says a lot about you uh, and your desire to uh, learn God's Word more and to encourage each other, and we're just so thankful you've chosen to be here tonight. Again, I want to remind you to be here on Sunday for our worship service at 930, and then our Bible classes on Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. If you're visiting with us tonight, we are grateful and thankful that you're here. Have a few announcements tonight before we uh, have our devotional. First of all, I hope you'll pick up one of the bulletins tonight before you leave if you haven't done so already. Uh, I want to just mention uh, a couple things. Uh, Jimmy Tim's sister, uh, Marsha, is down at Brandon, Mississippi. She is near the point of death, and so uh, the family's down there, so we want to remember uh, Jimmy and her family in our prayers, and uh, they're down in Brandon, Mississippi, uh, with her sister. Also, Gina Horn's grandbaby, Eleanor, is in the pediatric ICU with RSV, so uh, we want to remember that situation. RSV, I think, is kind of going around among the kids right now, but uh, some are more impacted than others, so let's remember her in our prayers. I want to remind you of Operation Christmas Joy. This is for Panama Missions. Uh, if you've got stuffed toys or uh, school supplies that we're collecting, please bring them by Sunday. Uh, that's the last day, October the 8th. Put them in the blue barrel in the foyer, or you can see Dee Worley if you have any more questions. Also, we want to express our sympathy to Judy Rosas and the death of her father, uh, Richard uh, Munez of Texas, so please remember her in your prayers and uh, maybe do what you can to encourage her. Uh, we'll have a letter of thanks to the Boonville Church of Christ from uh, Jody's mother, uh, Shirley Phillips. She says, thank you so much for all your prayers and well wishes while I was in the hospital and recovering, and she does appreciate that very much. Also, we want to congratulate Brian and Gay Rowland in the birth of their grandson, uh, Carson Arch Rowland, born on September the 21st. Uh, he weighed uh, seven pounds and was 18 and a half inches long, so congratulations to them. Got a couple of Golden Circle announcements. Uh, this coming Friday, October the 6th, we're gonna be leaving for Amish country. Uh, we have 18 who have signed the list to go. We can have a few more to go. And uh, we're going to leave at 8 o'clock. We'll have a guided tour, wagon tour of Amish country starting at 1030. The cost is just $8 for that. And then after we uh, tour Amish country, we're going to go eat at a pretty good place called Country's Kitchen, uh, about five miles from there. And so please uh, plan to sign that list tonight if you'd like to go. Uh, I think it's a, going to be a very enjoyable trip. Also, uh, if you're interested in going to the Kentucky-Tennessee trip, the first weekend of November, uh, that payment is due now. Please see Jim Estes about that if you have more questions or to uh, get that payment to him. Uh, our food pantry item for this week is cornmeal, so uh, please keep that in mind. I want to remind everyone that this coming Sunday evening at 5 o'clock, Brother Wayne Barrier is going to be here to present his mission report. All adult classes will be meeting in the auditorium. Our regular uh, children's classes uh, will meet in those regular classes, so please remember that. Also, uh, Trunk or Treat is this month. It'll be October the 29th, the fifth Sunday night. Uh, more details are gonna be announced later, but if you want to help or if you have any specific questions now, uh, please see Guy or Amelia Gardner. That's all the announcements that I have tonight. Our song leader tonight is Brother Chris Langley. Uh, the, uh, uh, Brother John Gardner is going to be leading our prayer, and Brother Adam Carlson will present our devotional thoughts. I'm not Chris, by the way. You related to me. Eh, fair enough. Uh, the first song we'll be singing tonight is uh, Standing on the Promises. Right. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, to 
Good evening. It's good to be here, and I'm so grateful that we have the opportunity to assemble here once again. Go ahead and be turning with me, if you would. To observations that I would like to make concerning this stepped out and acted in faith. And so he's giving us an example to look to. So to strengthen our faith, we need to look to the examples of those who have preceded us. And there in chapter 11, we have many great examples that are mentioned. And secondly, we need to look to what it was that motivated them, what drove them to continue. Well, we can see in chapter 11, for example, with regards to uh, or Abraham and the others that are mentioned in verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Though they did not see they believed. Abraham, for example, had a twofold promise. He had the promise of physical descendants who would become a great nation, and he had the promise of the land. And though he died before those promises were fulfilled, he acted in faith as though he had already received them. And that too is how we need to act with regards to the hope and the promise of eternal life in heaven. Though we do not see it with our physical eyes, it has been promised to us, and we can take confidence in knowing that we will be recipients of it if we do, as we need to do. But also in this text, we find that there is a need for discipline. In the context of the book of Hebrews, this was because they had strayed somewhat from their faith. And to remind them of this, he quotes from Proverbs, <clears throat> excuse me, from the book of Proverbs in chapter 3. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. 
Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of Spirits and live? Using the analogy of a father and his son, any father who loves his son or daughter, as the case might be, will correct them when they need it. It is to instruct and it is to change course or behavior. So he goes on and he encourages them with these words, therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. He mentions three parts of the body there. He mentions the hands, the knees, and the feet. Hands, building up, we serve, we encourage. Knees, what do we do? It helps us to walk and to run. What did he say in the beginning of this text? To run with endurance the race that is before us. And our feet help us stay on the path in which we are to walk. That is our charge. That is what they were to do in the first century, and in like fashion, that is what we are to do today. It is no different now than it was at that time. So if it be the case that there is anyone here who, like those Hebrew Christians in the book of Hebrews, that you find yourself going astray for whatever reason, we encourage you to consider the chastening of the Lord Subject yourself to that correction and come back. We want you to come back. But likewise, if you're here and not as a part of the body, we too want you to come believing in faith that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, repenting, turning away from your sins, confessing that he is the Son of God, and being baptized, being immersed into his death for the forgiveness of sins. If you have need of any of these things, anything that is spiritual in its nature, we would invite you to come while we sing. There's a fountain free, tis for you and me. Gracious Heavenly Father, we again thank you for this day, for this opportunity we have to come out and study your word, that we may become stronger Christians and keep the faith that, so we can one day enter into heaven with you. Father, we ask that you be with the elders of the congregation as they make decisions affecting the church, look to, have them look to you for guidance. Father, we also pray for the ones that was mentioned sick. Father, if it be with, in keeping with your will, let them have that portion of health so restored that they desire. Father, we also ask you to be the ones lost loved ones, be with them and comfort them as long as you can. Father, most of all, we thank you for your son, for the sacrifice he made on the cross for our sins. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Um, we are going to be doing, uh, we are marching to Zion. Uh, we're only going to be doing the course because uh, we'll do it two times. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God.
All right, it's time for us to get, begin. So glad to see everyone back here. Appreciate Brother Adam filling in for me last week. We're very fortunate to have him here at Boonville. He's very, very knowledgeable, and we appreciate him and appreciate him filling in. Uh, we'll begin if anyone has any updates on the sick or any mentioned in prayer that we need to add uh, pray specifically for tonight. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. So thankful for the safety we've been given. We're so thankful for the health and ability we have to come out and be here tonight. We're ever so thankful for thy word that we have to, to look and read upon and to grow and understand our path here in this life. We're so thankful for the blessings that come from it. So thankful for the blessings in Christ. Lord, we ask thee at this time to be with the ones that are sick and afflicted and undergoing treatments. So we pray for Aaron Foster's mother at this time. Pray for speedy recovery and health to her. Lord, and many others, so many that are undergoing cancer treatments and other things at this time. Lord, we pray for them. Pray, Lord, for the places affecting the wildfires and other things. Lord, we pray to, to be with those that are fighting it and the ones that are caring for them and the first responders as well. Lord, we ask you to go with us through this study to help, help us open our minds and learn some new thing and pray that we can look and see the lessons in this. Pray, Lord, that we can apply them in our life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. We're here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As we look to begin this chapter, the text here begins talking about spiritual gifts. We look at this from the context of that day of spiritual gifts that was given. As we look today of gifts that we have, abilities that's given to us. Um, as we begin here in verse 1, the scripture says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. As I looked there studying this, looking at verse 2, as I kind of examined looking at it, I couldn't help to notice it of almost being a scripture that we could use as a fill in the blank. If we look at verse 2 and it says, you know that when you were blank, you were led astray to blank. You know, as we think about that and put that things in that blank in our lives of things that we've done, many things could be used there. You know, we think about things that has grasp on us, things that pull us away from God. Um, as we look and think about that, but the important thing is to look at this is to be led by God. You know, everyone has different things that they struggle with and others. Um, issues, so we look and think about addictions, many other things. But as we look and think about that, you know, from them, Gentiles and other, looking to the pagan type things that they were affected of, you know, they were led astray to those things. Just as in today, people with things are led astray. But if we are led by God, it's the important thing to keep and remember to move forward. As we look kind of the next text, as we break it apart, verses 3 through 10, the scripture says, Therefore I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says that Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who impairs them all in every one. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And to others an utterance of knowledge, according to that same Spirit. To another faith with the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, 
to another the ability to distinguish. As we look at this and we think about these, do each one of us have different gifts today? Absolutely. Many of us have strong points. Many of us have things that, that we excel at. Some things that someone else might not excel may be difficult for us. Well, we all have these things. But the thing about this, do certain gifts that any of us attain make us any better than anyone else? Absolutely not. You know, none of us were all created equal. You know, just because certain things has no effect of the value or other of the person. Um, when we look and think about this, um, gifts, the text of it, let us look at Matthew 18, verses 1 through 4 together. Matthew 18, verses 1 through 4. The scripture says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say unto you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest of the kingdom of heaven. So we look and think about things that we might think in the physical world. Some people may think certain things makes us greater than others. The scripture here tells us what makes us great. As we look at that, what does a child possess in the context here? Children have a humble spirit. Adam? Trust. Trust. Forgiving. You know, get over things, they don't hold grudges, stuff like that. Seem to have a forgiving spirit. Any other things you can think of that children possess that we should maybe aspire to have? Innocence, absolutely. Innocence. Think of the innocence of a child, untainted, pure. You know, we think about they don't have much partiality. You know, you look at things and things through their eyes, you know, as we, we look in the reference he makes here, you know, lest we be humbled as these little children, you know, and then he goes on to say, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom. Uh, as we look here in verse 5 of the text here in 1 Corinthians, the scripture says, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. As we look here and we think about this, varieties of service, scripture that came to mind to me was Romans 12, verses 4 through 8. Romans 12, 4 through 8. Scripture says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same functions. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace that's given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion of our faith, if service in our servicing, to the one who teaches in his teaching, to the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who lends with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. As I read that passage and all, the last one really stuck out to me. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Many times we may do good things. We may do good things because we think of them of necessity. Sometimes we do good things and then we're kind of like, may grumble about it after other things. The human side of us coming. When we think of doing acts of mercy and doing it with gladness, doing it with cheerfulness, doing it because we're glad we're able to help them, many times we're using the blessings that God's given us to help them anyway. So the things we're using and utilizing every day is not ours. You know, many times an old man would talk about a, a large piece of property he had and a lot of people come up and say, my, that's, a, that's really nice. You know, it's some pretty land. You know, it's, it's pretty amazing that you have it. You know, and he'd always make the statement, well, you know, it was somebody else's before, my, before me. He said, I found arrowheads down here that Indians had this land before me, and when I'm dead and gone, you know, it'll no longer be mine. 
So things we have, we only have for a short period of time, and we should use them wisely. In verses 8 through 10, as we look here in the scripture of it, it says, For no one is given, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another utterance of knowledge, according to that same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healing by one Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to other various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. You know, as we look at that, we think about these spiritual gifts that were imparted by the, by the apostles. What was the purpose of this in this time? Confirm the word they was teaching. You know, to expand the faith. You know, for the furtherance of the gospel, promoting the church. Along that line of thinking, <clears throat> when we think about that, when do you think these gifts of this that was being imparted by the apostles were done away with? Very possible as much as... You know, as they were imparting these gifts, and we think about these powerful gifts of the Spirit that come through. And I never thought much about it till we'd mentioned in another, another class the thought of it. I'm going to read a scripture and, and as we look to that. If you turn to Ephesians 4, verses 7. Ephesians 4, verses 7. Here in the scripture it says, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he have gifts of men. As we go on down the scripture in verse 13, it says, or 11, it says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the Christ, until we will attain the unity of faith. You know, it's nothing of a matter of salvation or other, but I thought it was interesting. It's kind of looking and talking about it. Many believe that unity of faith was when the Bible came. You know, when the Bible was there, you had the full counsel of God. Kind of had a full grasp, full picture. And up until that point, you know, they didn't have that full realm of all understanding. And these miracles, these passing of gifts was confirming that and expanding faith as they go through. But just as looking on that, it was kind of interesting, I thought, um, in passing of that and what some demon think of that. Yeah. You know, as we look at we think about these and the transition and you know, we've talked before about the church in its infancy state, and that's what we were talking about First Corinthians 13 as we get on confirms and talks more about this. But as we look at that, and, and we're, we have the knowledge, and we can read beginning from the beginning, you know, go through all the way uh, through David, you know, and read these and see Moses. You know, we see the full counsel of God intervening and working these people's lives and then come all the way full circle back to Christ at the cross and his blood confirming that. And his blood, you know, making that ultimate sacrifice for all of us. So as we look at them, they had part of this and was as they were coming and, you know, as they only had the old law and other things, it may have been different on their side as we come through. But as we have the Bible and look, you know, we are blessed to have it, to look at it and to learn from the past. In verse 11... It says, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each the individuality as he wills. As we think about that, you know, our portion of gifts, our individual abilities that we're all given, they all came and come directly from God. You know, every good and perfect thing comes from above, the scripture tells us. You know, as I think about that in lessons and others, you know, when I was a child in our house, our parents provided everything that we needed, everything necessary that we needed for life. Provided us with home, clothing, protection, shelter. Was provided all those things that were necessary. 
But once we got to a certain age, these things that were not necessary that we wanted, we had the opportunity to work to attain those things. And the thing about it, as I look back, it taught me value and necessity. You know, if, if you go through and a child sees a, a new baseball or a bat or something, anything to that effect, and say it's $100, you know, if somebody else is going to pay for it for them, the value of the cost of that and the necessity may not have much factor into it. But if they had to work for three months to make that $100 to pay for that, they understand the value of that money and whether or not the necessity of that bat is figured into it. You know, as we think about that, you know, there's much value and necessity in our gifts that we have. There's a great value in the gifts that we've been given, and there's a great necessity of it that we need to be using them. We look at the world and the shape it's in, examples, the necessity is greater now, I believe, than it's ever been. And I believe it's very important that each one of us, me included, we need to examine if we're using those to the glory of God. So we think about that. Um, we may have doubts of ourselves. We think of worldly things and the flesh is weak and many other things factor into it. But we have all been given things, great or small, no matter how, how we view that they are. Any questions or comments up to this point? Very good point. Very good point. Reference to the Father and Holy Spirit and the Son, you know, just as here, you know, we have teams and efforts working together, and just like this body and congregation working together. All right, as we get to verse 12, Scripture says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body through many are one body, so it is with Christ. Are we not one body with many members? One body with many members. Are we at Boonville not one body? We very much are. Do we not have many members here at Boonville as well? Absolutely. It's the same for a physical body. You know, our physical body, Scripture says here, is one complete unit. But it also has many members, many parts. As the scripture goes on to say, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of the one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. Do we not sometimes unintentionally give more care to certain members of our body? You know, even we look at our personal body when I thought about this. The reference of hands and feet were made. How many times a day do you wash your hands? Today more than ever. Two or three years ago more than ever. How many times a day do you wash your feet? Once if you're lucky. We think about that of the physical body. The example of that, it goes as well the other way. You know, I'm personally, I may be quick to walk up this side of the aisle, say something to Ken, say something to a teacher, say something to somebody else. But how many other people behind the scenes are doing just as great a work? We look at the person that keeps these facilities clean. Think about the outside. These lights were recently changed. Many things of that, and it really made me kind of self-examine me as we think about it. You know, many other people, sometimes just because they're not getting the attention does not mean they're any less important. As we look at that as well. So as it kind of stepped on my toes a little bit and made me think about it as well. You know, some food for thought about that. Um, as we look and think about that, you know, we can all do our part to have some kind words to other people or maybe be more thoughtful of that.
verses 16 and 17. The scripture says, And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of ear hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? You know, sometimes it's easy for us to as well to compare our faith and abilities to others. Sometimes we can let that hinder our full capability. You know, we think about um, many times I've been told in my career, you know, if you aren't uncomfortable, you're not growing. You know, the same thing goes for that in our spiritual lives. You know, sometimes we have to step out of our comfort zone a little bit. Maybe if we're not uncomfortable, maybe we aren't growing at the rate we should be. If we look and think about that. And that's me included. You know, in our labor in the Lord's kingdom, you know, as we said, it's the same way. Um, does any Bible example come to mind of fear of persevering, of the fear of persevering because of, the fear of persevering because of fear? We think about Moses and Aaron. Think about Joshua and Caleb. You know, they pushed on through. They wanted to go take that mountain. Any other Bible characters come to mind that think about when fear got in the way but they pushed on through? I mentioned the one talent man. You know, many people in the Bible are the same as us. You know, sometimes fear has a, a big factor in things we do. But we've got to push on through and not let it hinder us. Verse 18. Scripture says, But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. You know, it's a pretty strong, powerful voice if we have any doubt, if we have things that bother us. That's a pretty strong scripture. God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. I believe if we're doing our best in striving to serve the Lord, he'll put us right where we need to be, when we need to be. Do we not believe God is in full control? Is he not in full control today? Proverbs 19.21 tells us, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. As much as he was in control then, he's in control today. Isaiah 45, verses 5 through 12, Scripture says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you. Though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light, and I create the darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. Your heavens above rain down my righteousness. Let the clouds shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Let righteousness flourish with it. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe to those who quarrel with their masters, who are nothing but potsherds among the potsherds of the ground. Does the clay say to the potter, What are you making? Does your work say the potter has no hands? Woe to the one who says to a father, What have you begotten? Or to a mother, What have you brought to birth? This is what the Lord says. The Holy One of Israel and its Maker concerning things to come, do you question me about my children or give me orders about the work of my hands? It is I who made the earth and created mankind on it. Mine own hands stretched out to the heavens and marshaled their starry host. You know, as we think about the vastness of God, you know, his hands are not whacked short that he cannot do anything that he cannot save. Many of us feel in inadequate at times. You know, we may even feel like we don't measure up to others. But what does God say about such members? Let's read verses 22 
through 24. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker and indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unrepresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which with our more presentable parts we do not require. But God so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. We all can focus on reaching our full potential. You know, it's a great focus to look at that. You know, many things in this life will hinder that. As we've talked about flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. You know, we think about things. A couple years ago, I had a pretty major knee surgery, and it was quite a recovery, and it hurts every day. It hurts right now. It hurts mostly when I stand still. When I'm moving, it does pretty good. But many times throughout my travels, I see people who don't have legs. You know, in that instant, we think about things that we think to a big problem, we've got to get out of our own head and always realize everywhere we look, we can find somebody that's worse off than us. We can find somebody in a worse situation anywhere we look. It's always around. We always need to push forward. It's all in the mindset of things. We must stay positive and keep a positive point of view. You know, all our pains and sorrows from the here and now should fuel our desire to strive and make that home in heaven, you know, make us, you know, look to that home in heaven where there is no pain and where there is no sorrow. That's our ultimate goal. You know, we think about that. We think about how carnal this world is and how temporary all of these things are. Any questions or comments here up to verse 25? As we move forward, verse 25, it says that there may be no divisions in the body, but that the members may have the same care one for another. Should there be any divisions in the church? There shouldn't be any divisions in the church. But sometimes that's easier said than done, right? We may have different mindsets. We may have different personalities that may clash. You know, that's part of of being people and being different. You know, the scripture says that we should have the same care one for another. The scripture tells us, love your neighbors yourself. You know, as we look at that resonating, you know, but most, a lot of times it's, it's easier for us to kind of love our, our own circle. You know, the ones we're close to. You know, I made the example of the hands and feet. You know, just because we might be giving one more attention doesn't mean the others aren't just as much important. But we as people, it's easy for us to kind of have preconceived ideas, you know. If somebody comes through and may not be as talkative of us as we are, you know, we may think they're maybe unsociable, maybe may think many other things. You know, the person may have anxiety, may have many reasons, may have a bad day, may be hurting. We always need to give people the benefit of the doubt. We always need to be open. Just because people aren't just like us, you know, they don't have to be just like us. We can still love them. You know, the scripture says to have the same care one for another. As we think about that, in the last class we did, you kind of think about it, and uh, I think it's good for us to challenge ourselves. You know, one thing we talked about doing was, was kind of venturing off on Sundays and maybe saying hello or shaking hands to people we hadn't in a while, or people we don't know that well. You know, there's times... Um, you know, we run across people in, in walks of life from church and realize that we just aren't as close to them as we should be. But we can change that. You know, we can reach out. You know, the, the mission field is out there, but in here we, we need to be close-knit. We need to love our neighbors. We need to love each other. You know, as we think about that and going out, Brother Jim was brought up the point, talking about working together. You know, there's so many moving parts, so many things here. There's so many things going on, takes a lot of manpower, things of that. You know, there's a lot going on, and if one person, you know, is sick or other things, we miss and realize how much they do. You know, the point of us all working together, just like the body, smaller members, you know, they're not less important. We all have a role. We all have things to be doing. And here at Boonville, we're fortunate to have so many helping and working together. <clears throat> Verse 26, the scripture says, if one member suffers, we all suffer 
together. If one member is honored, we all rejoice together. We think about this in the, the scripture of that, suffering together and rejoicing together. What are some examples that we can or we do this together? What's some examples of how we can? Those of we rejoice, those rejoice. We do that at funerals, don't we? Carrying food to the sick. Absolutely. You know, we think about when we have loved ones pass away and we're there greeting people and we realize all those people come through that has love for them. Most of the people there may not be there just for the loved one that's passed away. They're there for the support of the family and others. As we sorrow with the ones that sorrows, that's ways we do it. What are some other ways and other examples we can support our brothers and sisters and, and other people we're trying to win to Christ? Think about the ladies and these baby showers. Think about graduations. You know, many of these things is the small acts of kindness. You know, sometimes we may not know or know if that small act of kindness may be what will lead somebody on to, to come to church or to come do these things or to come hear the gospel. You know, through our kindness, you know, we use them to win people over. We think about when people go forward, the support that follows them. Most times there's someone there to comfort them, aren't they? In those times, that's a great comforting thing. Comforting thing. People go forward and may feel upset. They may have let themselves down or let other people down. We have another brother or sister there to comfort them. That's what we need to be for each other. Having that care one for another. Hebrews 13.3, he brought up there. You know as well, we think about that, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the what? Law of Christ. Bearing one another's burdens. What does it mean to bear one another's burdens? Help them walk, help them carry the load, help them out. We're definitely going to have burdens in this life, aren't we? Everybody, everyone, sooner or later, sooner or later. All right, as we move forward, verses 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, gifts of healing, helping, administrating in various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret it, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. You know, as we look and think about that, are all of us here preachers? No. We all got a job. Absolutely. I heard a older brother talked about leading a, a gospel meeting and uh, when he got there there was an elderly lady that was just very elderly and in pain and was blind had many health issues and she had to be helped all the way down from it and he said almost the whole time through preaching that you know all he could think about was that lady and what an impact she had on him some people may not have noticed some people may not have thought but you think about that someone coming to be together to hear the word of God, no matter how they feel or other. That's the impact we have on each other when we show up, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, all these times. We're helping each other, exhorting one another. We all don't have the same job. We all may not have certain positions as others, but that's the way it is. We're all important, great or small. The last scripture says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. What's the more excellent way he's referring to here? I think it's one of those four letter words. Love. Love. Me and Jacqueline just had our 13th anniversary, the third, yesterday. 
you know, you think about that, think about love, you know, think about, you know, what comes with it, helping, loving, you know, doing things. You know, love is the things that we remember from when we was child up, you know. Some people may not remember many things, but they remember the kid in school that was nice to them. Remember the kid that took up for them. Remember these things. When no other things abound, love will abound. You know, and us as Christians, that's one of the great things that we express and give to others. You know, those acts of kindness, the love. You know, we love Christ because he loved us what? Loved us first. So as we get to this and thinking, we look at the roles of all these, the part of this, it gets the end of it, the more excellent way, way to desire the higher gifts. You know, as we express love, it completes, completes this, it completes the things. You know, it's hard to teach and, and gain somebody over if we don't have some form of relationship. That's why it's so important to befriend and do. You know, you, you almost have to, to make contact to have people, you know, you have to be approachable. You know, think about that. And, and as you are, then it leads to the ability to teach, teach people, to open up the word. You may have never heard the truth before. So through the way that we carry ourselves gives that opportunity, and through it, God can be glorified of it. Any questions or comments? Anything to add here in chapter 12? We're a Included, right? You know, that's what we think. People, you know, talk about that. And, you know, we look and realize the more we study and look at that, you know, as they were there, gathered many different dialects, many different tongues of it. You know, that word had to go through, and through God, they were all able to understand that, you know, as they were there. Times will cease, 1 Corinthians 13 8, that's right. Um, you know, as you know, as we look at that, the point of that, you know, that's right, is various kinds of tongues. Good point. Any other comments? Any other questions? You know, we also have to remember those people, the elderly and members that are, are homebound and that they they still have to remember that they're part of the the body. That's a very good point. She's bringing up the point of, you know, the one that may be homebound, you know, the ones that are not able to get out. It's our duty to contact them and let them know they still are a part of us, still are a member of us. That's a very good point. Very important. All right, we have just a couple more minutes. We'll go ahead and close in prayer if there's nothing else. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. We're so thankful for the Bible that we have. We're so thankful for everyone in this room that comes together every Wednesday night and participates in thy word and engaging of your scriptures and reading and studying and turning the pages and, and letting these words affect our lives, letting them affect our minds and thoughts to where maybe we change our ways of, of doing certain things and Look to be doing more to glorify you. Lord, we're so thankful to be able to come out in this free land and come and worship you without fear of persecution. We're so thankful for the safety that we've had thus far coming out here. Lord, we pray that we will have a safe return home. And Lord, pray we'll be back at the next appointed time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.